Namaste, motherfuckers. And welcome to Tantric Conversation, episode number... God damn it, I've lost count. I should have looked at that before we started. 60-something? 63? I don't know. Happy New Year. I'm Curtis Payne. Curtis Payne. This is my podcast, Tantric Conversation. I think I said that already. I'm, I'm a little rusty. It's been... Uh, it's been a month or more since the last time I posted one of these and between traveling for my effing job and the holidays and all of that, it's been tough for me to sit down and post one of these and I just kept saying, well, might as well just wait. Well, might as well just wait till the new year. I did record uh, three of them and I got a fourth one I'm going to do tomorrow. Um, so that's very exciting. I got, uh, let's see, we today is Kelly Queener, which also happens to be her birthday, I saw from Facebook. So happy birthday, Kelly Queener of Peace Beast and Painting and Virginia Museum and other places. You may have seen her around town. <clears throat> I met her through Kyle Harris at the it's at a Diamond Center show at the Broadbury, and uh, we had a great talk there. So, um, and who else? Okay, so Kelly Queener, I got uh, Eric Sugg. Demon Eye, who's from, who used to live in Richmond, was in Drag Strip Syndicate. He now lives in North Carolina. We got Emily Skinner, who, sister of Eliza Skinner, um, performer in her own right, musical theater, which has been in town on a stand of Mame, and that's not Mame like tear somebody up. It's Mame like M A M E. Don't know anything about that. She keeps discouraging me from coming to it, but uh, I don't know. I like musical theater as much as the next borderline heterosexual, I guess. Um, <clears throat> so yes, w- happy new year. How is everybody doing? It's uh, 2015. Uh, odd number years are always better. It's just like Star Trek movies. Same theory. Odd number years are always better than even number years. So may this year be the first contact of your year, of years for you. Um I have been embarking on a lot of new stuff myself. I've just started, uh, start, I bought myself a guitar. I bought a nice American Stratocaster. I've never owned a real guitar of any kind. Uh, and, you know, when it's like the real version, I've always had like the Epiphone version or the Squire version or some other shit. You know, it's never been important enough to me. But, um, or I've never thought I was a good enough guitar player to warrant it, and maybe maybe you get to be a better guitar player if you have a better guitar. It certainly is easier to play than the Tesco hunk of shit that I found at my grandfather's house that I've been trying to play. That the uh, strings are about a quarter of an inch from the fretboard. Now it's like this new Strat, even without it, me getting it set up or anything, is so much easier to play. So I've been doing that, and I, I bought an actual amp. I got a half stack and shit in my house, and really moving along with that whole thing um lots of other like my job i'm moving up i guess the higher i go into the corporate structure of the company i work for the more i need to be doing podcasts and playing music so i don't turn into a pig because it is you know when you just start people are just you're looking at spreadsheets and people are asking you questions about numbers on spreadsheets and then they're telling you to get other people to do things so that the numbers on the spreadsheets look better. Um, it really can fuck with your head. It really fucks. Like, I don't really like having to manage people. I really thought it would be great if I was leading people. I could coach them. I could make help them get better at their job. But I forgot about this part where you have to see that somebody's fucking off and you have to say something to them about it. I really don't want to have to be that guy, but it's part of the gig. I pay the cost to be the boss, I guess. So, trying to balance out the stoogedom, the corporate stoogedom, with some Iggy and the stoogedom. Something like that. Speaking of that, I took my Iggy's, I took my cousin, my 10 year old cousin, oh, he's 12 actually, to a basketball game at U of R Robbins Center last week. And I don't regularly do that sort of thing either, but my dad had tickets and I took him, took him up on the free ticks and. Um, he and I went so I could have a little quality time with, you know, he's kind of like a nephew more than a cousin. He's my first cousin's kid, so he's my first cousin once removed. But, you know, really the relationship's like uncle, nephew. And we grew up, the cousins and I grew up real close here in Churchill, like, uh, might as well have been brothers and sisters. 
Um, so anyway, took him to the game afterwards. I had the Spotify, put it in his hands. I was like, play me some something you like. And he puts on fucking Iggy Azalea. Which, I actually have to say, I heard that song fancy. And it's not that bad. It's alright. But he told me she was the first female rapper. And I had to straighten him out on that. Um, and uh, we did. We, we, we ironed that out for him. So he knows better now. But uh, uh, that stuff's not as bad as I thought it would be. It's, I mean, it is what it is. It's okay. Anyway, speaking of bad... I am, this microphone I'm using right here, I've been talking into it backwards. I just fucking realized that after using it for weeks. And uh, so in this podcast with Kelly, I'm a little low, but you're not really to hear me hear her, so it's all right. But that's what's going on. There's nothing I can do about it. But uh, she is, she puts on a little piece beast at the end, and we hear an, a truncated version of one of their songs, and... She sent me some more, but, uh, you know, be look out for her. Peace Beast has got a band camp thing. They play in Richmond once a month or so, and um, Kelly's also a painter. So, Kelly Queener, look out for her. And this is she. I, I think I'm at a good level and everything. So, you talk. Awesome. Hello. Yes, I am here. How does it sound? The level's okay. That's good. <laughs> Get that latency yep. going. Oh, yep, yeah. Yep, we're, yep. We're Hello? Hot. This shit is hot. Good. The gain is high. Mm. Stakes is high. So, yeah. Um, we, we've just had one brief little conversation, and I, I meant to do a little research right. before you came <laughs> over and at least that's, listen that's to some right. Peace Beast or something. Hey, man, we can we can post it online maybe afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I was even thinking, you know, I this board is capable of taking input. You know, really? We could, like, well, yeah, there's a... There's this thing right there. You can plug your phone into it. There you go. I do. Let me find it. Let me get around to that. Take some time. You could introduce a song. We could cue it up. All that good shit. Oh, see, the problem is. Yeah. Got old stuff on here. Oh no. No. Are you saying that old stuff's not as good as the new stuff? I mean, it's it's okay. Let me see what I can pull up here. Um, peace, peace. Yes. Not, All right. I'm gonna pause it till we get this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So. A little bit, okay. You no, it's, no, it's you good. could just t- swing the boom in yeah. some, and you'd be good. There we go. Yeah. That is better, I think. I'm, I've got you really cranked up. <laughs> oh, turn off the phone so the argument can end. <laughs> All right, but uh, um. So, how are you doing yes, today? I'm great. Yeah. How are, are you? you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah, it's, it's been kind of a crazy day. Plus, I'm like working out of here. Oh, are so, you? Like, I get like in the house just doing stuff on my home computer and then... Um, That's your day. Yeah. But I did get out long enough to like go to the gym. That's good. Today. Get some exercise. Yeah. I did not do that. I was at work all day. It's, you know, in Carytown, actually. I work at a retail shop in Carytown, oh, yeah. too. So, it's just bonkers there right now what was that what's the shop it's uh modern artifacts you know. I know that place yeah it's uh right across the street from need supply okay yeah it's um you're coming through loud and clear now i can okay. turn that down a little bit Sweet. are you from richmond no i'm from indianapolis originally oh really yeah midwest I, yeah exactly i grew up there and then um i actually went to hollands university a small all-girls school in Roanoke. That's uh-huh. how I came to Virginia. So, get... which was just like c- completely random. I got my friend, my best friend, growing up, got a pamphlet. Right. You know, like this is a good school for writers and and also art. So yeah. Yeah. It's just, so it was the writing thing. I can't remember if we talked mm-hmm. about this when I met you, but I got those pamphlets. Yeah. Too that it was because they had gone co-ed. They used to be mm-hmm. all women's right. Well, the, they still are in the undergrad and okay. the graduate program. It's co-ed, so okay. there's a lot of you know, like the graduate writing program is really competitive. So did you um, go there for writing? No, I went there actually for art, for okay. painting. But I took some creative writing classes there too. But that was kind of a side thing. But yeah, we visited there, and I oh hi kitty, <laughs> and that was pretty much it. You know, I fell in love with it. Uh, with Virginia. With Virginia. Yeah, because uh-huh. it's actually, you know, there's a landscape here, whereas in Indiana, it's just flat. It's so, flat. I mean, yeah. I love it, too. It's my hometown, but I don't know. I haven't been something. to Indiana. I've been to, um, well, Minneapolis and Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty far from there. It is, <laughs> and I've actually never been there. I've heard a lot of good things about that, but, yeah, I've never been there. Equally, yeah. I could see, I could imagine if I, you know, the flatness of that 
area though, it's or just like cornfields right, like as right. long i mean we had a cornfield basically in my, like that's where we played <laughs> it's around the corner and you know we're in the suburbs there's just cornfields like that you you played you mean in as the cornfield like, children of the corn yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so. that was that was your that was the landscape that you did your most of your uh childhood exactly goofing around okay mm-hmm. i thought you were talking about playing music in the cornfield oh well we could like do that, that too you know and <laughs> that never Make happened clearing that's yeah. how cross circles get formed actually, exactly yeah. the amplification mm-hmm. no i didn't play music when i was growing up at all i mean i, I had took piano lessons for a couple of years and i tried to play the drums in high school and that none of it really took i was trying to go i think up the wrong avenue you know mm-hmm. in that in high school band, never played with a rock band or anything. It was too intimidated yeah, it, for that. So d- that um, I played in a in s- orchestra. Yeah. In, yeah, yeah. in middle school, elementary school and middle school, and that in no way pointed me towards playing music uh, outside of that. Like, yeah, not at all. <laughs> it didn't feel related in any way. To not at all. There was a huge and... gap. Like I I did that, and then I quit playing the drums because it was too stressful for me being the only girl in the band that kind of sucked so I stopped doing that and I didn't pick up any instrument until like halfway through college my brother bought me an acoustic guitar mm-hmm. and it sat there for like a year and a half and uh, finally figured out how to get my hand around it because I have like tiny right, baby hands right. so <laughs> it just took a while yeah, how did you learn your first uh chords and all of that kind of stuff just somebody teach you or use um from a book but then also my boyfriend joe at the time sort of encouraged me to keep going with it he's like no it really will happen and Mm -hmm. i just kept saying you know it's i I just don't think i can do it i don't think that my hands are physically capable of reaching Mm -hmm. that he's like are you kidding you know oh yeah yeah you can play an sg like they have little tiny exactly no problem so yeah it just took that amount of time i guess is that what you do now do you play guitar and piece piece yeah yeah, I play a rhythm guitar, so and how, still just the, chords, but <laughs> what's the lineup like? What what's the instrumentation in that? Right now it's um it's you know me on rhythm guitar and then it's uh, Kyle Harris on he plays lead oh, guitar. Oh, Kyle's in that band. Yeah, also. yeah, he's in all the bands. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, he's got like four, five, eight bands. Um, and then Joe, my boyfriend Lunsford, he's on um drums, so he plays all the instruments too, though. I mean, he's the kind of guy who could pick up anything and I know play that it. name. What else? Uh... Has he been around Richmond? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. we moved here together like six years ago. He fixes ah. amps. Um, he plays in the Young Sinclairs also, which I is his brother's band. So you may have heard Sam Lunsford also. Yeah. I don't know. Well, Lunsford is also a name that sticks in my head because my father's <laughs> house up in Northern Virginia is surrounded by Lunsfords. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Neighbors on one side are Lunsfords. Maybe they're related somehow. It's a pretty odd or unusual name. Yeah. Maybe some I think it, it must is. be Swedish or... Scandinavian. Oh, it is. I mean, he's blonde. So, <laughs> and then um, it's Allison Hancock on bass. So it's four people. That's what good. was so? What was the uh, transition like coming from Indiana to rural Virginia? Was, I mean, honestly, I just wanted to get out. It was great. It was, yeah. There was no problem. I was just ready to get out of town. Honestly, so um, I mean, culturally, there were a few things, and yeah, I mean. I loved it, so, like, almost immediately, I just fell in love with the landscape yeah. and stuck to that. Like, I didn't mind that Roanoke was a small town. In fact, I kind of enjoyed that coming from Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a pretty big city, you yeah. know? And I actually kind of prefer quiet, you know, but you places to hide away. But you didn't live sort of outside of Indianapolis? Or? Well, the way Indianapolis is, uh, even though we were in the suburbs, there were, like, the old suburbs, so they're still pretty close to city center. Mm-hmm. They're, like, the first rung, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. on the many layers of whatever going outside of um, 10 minutes from downtown, you know, if that. So it still felt like... you the other way and you're in cornfields? Yeah. No, I mean, they're, they're embedded inside, like, in the city still. What? Like, that's, really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah. I, I feel like I've seen something like that in some movie where the, you're basically just coming up on a city completely surrounded by cornfields. Yep. It's like Des Moines or yep. something like that. I mean, I'm sure it's it's probably even more like that in Des Moines, but yeah. I mean, where where I grew up was really close to the racetrack too, speedway, all of that. But it gets rural like fast, you know what I mean? Like it just kind of still. Yeah, exactly. We could hear it from our house. Oh, I bet that's lovely. Mm-hmm. Like being near an airport. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there wasn't much of a like you just were like this is perfect. You got you get to 
Um, I was an adventure, you know, I was just happy for something different, yeah. you know, it was just a relief, like, oh, I can get out, and I'm not going to die, like, this is fine, I could go do other things, and I, I that was the only thing, I just wanted to get out more and see mm-hmm. more things, you know, mm-hmm. so I took a lot of road trips, like everybody does in college, you know, went out west, and did a little, like, study abroad thing in London, you know. I got the picture that Hollands is a, is a classic kind of uh, rural mm. campus, too, like where you okay. can really just have this totally contained experience. You can, and le- I guess let me back up. Hollands is weird. It was, I mean, I, I, I kind of separated myself from a lot of the life on the campus right. a lot of times. Is it there was a lot just... of militant feminism, like, going on there? Or... Well, that's, yeah, and that's fine. <laughs> that was great. That was the good part. I mean, the other side of it was, like, this weird like finishing school aspect that was mm. still hanging on from, you know, earlier times. Uh, oh, the, Pearl like, Girl is what you know, they would call them, you know. And they'd, Pearl Girls? Pearl Girls, like, uh-huh. you know, they'd show up with their horses. Not that there was anything wrong with having a horse, but it was just, I was not used to that. But that old school, like, so, cotillion and all that, yeah. Thing, yeah, debutante okay. thing. Yes, that right. was the cultural awakening for me. I was like, I had no idea what any of that was, yeah. you know. So, yeah, that that is true. That That was a surprise. Yeah, because the, pe- the girls really did show up with horses and trailers. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> okay, they just show up and they just take them out to the stable. I'm like, it's pretty. All right. <laughs> like you know, I always tend to have grown up thinking of that as being like a Virginia thing. You know, like like New World kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's really connected to Old World. It's yeah, like a total. It is. You know, uh, came across the pond with the. Uh, the lords and the ladies and, and the that. horses yes yeah, yeah i mean they just brought that downton abbey shit here mm-hmm. and like set it up in in virginia exactly yeah but what is that's like i've just by rumor heard that that it, there's a very intense um feminist scene going on there is that correct or i mean i, I, I don't know if i'd call it intense i i think it's just a natural kickback to what i was just talking about you right know, if you have right. one extreme the other one's just gonna happen, you right? Know? So. So it's like the people who are not down with that old school. Uh, pretty much just gravitate and cluster on the other side. You know, I would hang out with these girls too, but you know, I'm not so particularly the, militant about anything. Right. But you know, it was it seemed more closer to home than horses, I right? Guess, so. <laughs> Is there was there like writing that came out of there related to that or? Oh, I'm sure mm-hmm. there is. No. I don't know if Nothing. I'm aware of it. I, mean, I don't know why I have this. I'm sure there's a lot. Honestly, I just I don't know. I, there were you know there were lots of protests that happened, and uh, I, I remember one time uh, there was an event where uh, girls got freaked out and, and stripped down naked and painted themselves red, and it was this huge ordeal. I don't even remember what it was about, but like <laughs> that was just like par. Like oh, there was some naked. Chicks painted red, no big deal. Go to the, you know, go get some food. <laughs> right, <laughs> typical college yeah, antics. Yeah, exactly. Right? So. So you studied art there. Mm-hmm. How did you like it as an art school? Um, it was good. I, it was, it's very traditional, and I actually, looking back, like that. I'm mm-hmm. glad that I have that kind of background. Um, it didn't really prepare me for graduate school all that well. Because I got there and I just did like I basically didn't know about the last hundred years of painting, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I just skipped all that, you know. It was more about technique and just being in the studio and what's actually happening with the paint, which is great. Mm-hmm. But I just, you know, I felt like I was thrown into the fire for grad you, school. You learned the technical aspects of it, both in like how to mix paint and yeah, and handle the medium and all of that and, stuff. Yeah, and working then, from you know like working perceptively, like looking at a model. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. You know, but composition. Yeah, yeah. Which, that's it is where you should start. But I just wish that maybe someone had pointed it out. It turned on a little Rothko or some Pollock or something. That some didn't. Point. I mean, yeah. it didn't really come up. Mm-hmm. Like abstract expressionism, that never came up in undergrad, and that's just kind of bizarre to me. You know that. I mean, maybe like in passing. But if you don't understand <laughs> abstraction, to m- mention it in passing, it's not, it's not going to stick with you. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's, I feel like it's, it's easy to dismiss. It's like, oh yeah, that crazy thing. Like unless you make someone sit down and look at it and say, no, there is a point behind this. You know. And no one did that, but that's all right. And I, where did it, you? It go happened to, later, so. Where did you go to graduate school? Uh, UNCG in Greensboro. Yeah. That's a, the um one of my favorite writers. Uh, in college, it was Tom Robbins, and I was writing a paper about him, and I mm-hmm. came across this statement he made about 
art and you said that abstract expressionism is actually the least abstract form of painting oh, that's awesome do we talk about i feel like we talked about that at Broadway. we did briefly not because you know remember. when you paint when you attempt to paint a real thing and turn it into a two-dimensional surface with the illusion of three dimensions mm-hmm. and all of that stuff then you're actually abstracting that thing on oh yeah flat surface. you absolutely are that's what you're doing yeah right yeah exactly. but if you just paint a thing that's gradients of color and you're trying to express it so that thing stands alone that it's is not, the object right, yeah exactly right. yeah that's true yeah that's why I think later on, you know, first, like with Picasso and Cubism, it was called abstracting, you know, mm-hmm. but then it was, I think the, the term changed to non-objective painting, mm-hmm. but somehow mm-hmm. that, I don't think that ever really stuck with that the public. That doesn't have the same ring so, to it No, it doesn't. No. So it, no one calls it that. I mean, unless you're in academia, I think. But so. his thing was like, if we were actually to take a three-dimensional object and paint it like it would look on a two-dimensional object... This is what it would look like. We would flatten it out, and it, you wouldn't have this perspective of vanishing point. You would have the eye would be on the side and the nose. Oh, yeah. That's where that's that true. came from, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that? That's true, yeah. That stuff really fascinates me as a mind exercise. Like, yeah, it's what yeah. it seems like the last hundred years of art in general is about. It's less about aesthetics, even though aesthetics is really in there. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of stuff that can just stand on its own as an aesthetic thing, a pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or an attractive right. <laughs> thing, but there's so much of it that you look at it and it just causes a, a, a something to happen in your mind. It right. makes you question your perspective. Exactly. Of it's like, not just about beauty or like the pursuit of beauty necessarily. Although I mean, there are plenty of artists who are still doing that. You know, yeah, it's not as much about that for sure. And it occurred to me before that like you know the the big revolutionary thing that happened in painting like in the Renaissance right mm-hmm. was vanishing point mm-hmm. like the idea of depth yeah. and field and all of that exactly and, and then what has happened in the last hundred years is also about perspective oh, yeah. but not about dimensional perspective it's about like what this means something different to everybody that looks at it mm-hmm. it's, exactly it exists within the mind yeah yeah so. and is that what uh does that kind of conscious thinking fuel what you paint when you're painting or is it um honestly <sighs> A lot of what I end up doing is is becoming lost in the painting. Like mm-hmm. I, I want to not so much have a, a discrete message. And you know, I feel like so much of struggles in my life are like struggles in my life are about struggling to find a message. You know, struggling to put a find word meaning. to a thing, mm-hmm. basically to put a, a sentence to an idea. And I want to paint about that, like about how it's difficult to or maybe besides the point sometimes to mm-hmm. try to say that you know this is the discrete meaning you know mm-hmm. and i want to get lost in the painting and uh i often do but yeah that's that reminds me of um i i read part of a book by nietzsche mm-hmm. uh called the birth of tragedy i can't even claim that so <laughs> yeah. i just the first part of it turned me on like was such a great concept to me that I didn't really need to go. It was like the birth of tragedy and and the. Case I've done of, things like that before, though. Like the, just the first, you just stay with the first chapter of a book. You're like this is all I need. This is yeah. Like, this is so intense. I just need to think about that for. A and year he put now. forth this idea that there's sort of two kinds of art. There's Apollonian and Dionysian okay. art. I think and we did talk about this. Did we talk about yeah, that? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But, it seems uh, like it. So the Apollonian would be like the art of the mind well no it's the no. Per, trying to make something perfect like oh right they, right like yes Michelangelo, exactly. like trying to make something beautiful that conforms exacting to classics. yeah, yeah. Like mathematics yeah. right and and dionysian is like getting lost in it mm-hmm. like just to do it just it's ecstasy yeah like exactly. so you just you know and so there's these kind of those are these two poles and i don't think he he sort of makes all these different comparisons but it really caught my fancy at the time because i thought of it in terms of music that mm-hmm. Like the most interesting music to me is somewhere in between there. Yeah, there's still. I feel like, and this is actually true of painting too. There needs to be some kind of structure for you to wrap that madness around. Mm -hmm. Like if it's just a free for all. There's no frame of reference. Oh yeah, exactly. And 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 that's what I do struggle with painting too. It's like okay, it's about being playful. Nah, that's a little too free. Like you Mm -hmm. can't just give yourself a pass. Like there still has to be some kind of structure you're working with. So it's the tension between. 
complete non-referential freedom right. and uh, something every, everybody can kind of get a hold of. Or yeah. A, a, some consensual reality that exactly. people can agree on. Right. Yeah. Some, and then paintings, that would be in terms of like space. So mm-hmm. if I've painted a horizon line, I've established the space just by that mm-hmm. one line. You know what I mean? It can be as simple as that or it could be more complex space. But, mm-hmm. you know, just establishing that, that's generally like I'll, I'll, I'll work to build a space and then pretty much destroy it. <laughs> And then go back and forth until it feels right kind of thing. So, um, you know, because usually the first thing that happens is I'm working, I'm working, and the space starts to form. Like, wow, yeah, I really feel like I could go in there, have, you know, have a cup of tea. It's Mm -hmm. great. You know, there's a river kind of thing. There's a sun kind of thing. And then I go, yeah, but that's all it is now. Damn it, I went too far. Like, I need to come back. and and Now it's a set. Now I have to kill it. Yeah, Uh exactly. Now it's a set. And how is that interesting? I mean... It's not terrible, but it's just not what I'm after. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I have some paintings that just kind of ended like that. I wasn't able to pull them back. Mm-hmm. So um, people like them, but they're not my favorites. I think I like the ones where the, it sits right on the edge, you know, of, mm-hmm. of having that space and then being completely confounding. You're like, this is still a really flat thing, you know, but I feel like this is also an object that I could hold mm-hmm. sitting in space. I don't, how are those two things Happening you at the same some, time, you know. Some tactile like response to it, yeah. Like something, yeah. Uh-huh. It could just, I mean, it could be a texture. It could be a, a couple of colors that look like, oh, that maybe is a shadow, you know. But then this other thing negates that completely. So yeah, it's a push pull kind of endeavor. Is that somebody knocking on my door? It sounded like. Do you have a washing machine I do going? Have a washing That's machine. what it, it sounded it like. A rattling or something. Typically does freak out. It gets off balance and. I think that's yeah. all it was. I'm familiar with that sound having. I hope nobody's knocking on my door <laughs> like that because that sounds like bad news. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, really. <laughs> <laughs> there's a riot in the street. We'll be staying here. <laughs> that's a. Um, I haven't. I, I kind of abandoned um, art at a fairly early age, but I still draw from yeah? time to time, and that is, I, and the stuff I draw is like. Got, it got kind of limited to illustrative, like, related to comic books yeah. kind of stuff. Thanks. Like, like, you know, people with pretty idealized proportions and, right. and faces and right. things like that. You know, I, I learned to draw, like, cheekbones a certain way, jaw right. a certain and way and all that. Right, and that's the way it's coming out. Yeah. yeah, and I get a lot of crap from my friends who are more real artists about drawing that kind of stuff all the time. But it, I really like, like, all of my notebooks from college are full of doodles like that. I don't and think the, there's anything wrong with doodling. I mean, no, and I think yeah. it's it's like what you're. For me, it was like what you were talking about because I actually a lot of my notes from classes are, you know, a, a outline heading and then a bunch of drawings. Yeah, I know. I've done that too. And that actually <laughs> occupied my the part of my brain that would not be paying attention. Exactly. It would be daydreaming. <laughs> and like I remember this stuff mm-hmm. better than if I had just concentrated on taking notes because I was listening. That's cool. Yeah, you know? exactly. You were my listening, brain, but this other thing was happening along the side. Which yeah. just shut down the part yeah. of my brain that's really like um, busy yeah. all the time. Right. It was so it was like, you know, Drawing a picture and just getting focused with that—it's like getting the kid, giving the kid something to do. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. And, that, and that's funny too. What what different people like what their version of the doodle is because you know I have doodles also and they look like crazy black hole things and I don't know they, they, like spirals. Really, yeah, mm-hmm. and lots of like cascading forms and I that's don't know bizarre. That's early onset schizophrenia. Oh, actually. good. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I always figured it. I thought I'd missed the period, but. <laughs> I'm pretty sure of that. So, yeah. I got the sketch pad out just recently and drew. I drew some stuff and it was kind of cool. It was like just to get into that space, you know. Yeah. It doesn't have to be anything, you know. Just well, you to have to set in. expectations for right. yourself. I think that's where a lot of a lot of my friends who, you know, did go to art school now, you know, if they've stopped for any amount of time, they get freaked out about starting up again. And mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what else to tell them except just do it. It's gonna suck for a long time. Like, do you know how many terrible paintings I've made? Because I'll take like a month off or something and you come back and it's all just like, can't, you can't walk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. terrible. The muscles are all yeah. stiff and yeah, you know, I don't so know what this is. It. And I assume it's like this for anybody else who's, I like to do all kinds of creative type stuff. And like, I've started playing music again. I have acquired an amp and a cabinet and I'm paying to have it resoldered right now because it's like a solid state thing and ah, nice. whatever but it was cheap okay. cool and um 
and like I have to keep having this conversation with myself that I want to play music like the way that I used to just draw in my room. Yeah. Like it's not fucking about like going out and playing shows and being part of the scene, which was like all that drove it for me at one point. Like, right. Right. I, well, that's ego right there. Right. Totally, I mean, yeah. Right. Yeah. Which everyone, I mean, everyone has that problem. So to varying degrees. Yeah. You know? To varying degrees. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, it was a really bad degree because oh. like I wasn't, I mean, I love rock and roll. I like playing music and everything. But I was totally doing it in this town because I just wanted to be. You wanted to be in out. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you want to be on the scene. And, yeah. and I, I mean, because otherwise, I'm really happy to just play in the practice space and and like play with the band and everything. Mm-hmm. But like that part of it, I mean, I going out and playing shows was, you know. And then where do you stand with the other bands in town and what's you know? <laughs> That's so that funny. Shit, you know, and like I, it still creeps back in as I think about. Playing Play now, music because again, like, yeah. Because yeah, I'm starting to, you know, I got people I starting to play with, and um, and I keep thinking I'm gonna have to excuse everything. Like, look, we're not trying to be good. We're just gonna play. <laughs> we're just gonna do this thing, man. Don't worry about it. Because <laughs> you know, it's okay to sit and draw shittily by yourself, but like, you get <laughs> but other when you involve other people, right? exactly, they're waste their time. They've taken off work. Maybe there's kids that right. have babysitters right now. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That oh, is I know. a daunting thing, especially for us grown-ups. Yeah. Right? Oh, I'm I know. amazed that Kyle's like... I know, I know. <laughs> he's constantly... I, I mean, I went that thing I met you at, every time I turned around, he was on stage with a different I band. I know. Yeah, I think it was... Was it three bands that night? Yeah. I think yeah. He, yeah, he played with three bands. Jesus. It's crazy. And for me, like, the way that I did that stuff, I'm good for one half hour, and then... Good for, like, one song. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I have such a hard time being on stage as it is. Like, I can't imagine doing more than one set, like keeping my nerves at bay, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. I would just go cuckoo. I get, yeah. somebody said, you you get gig head really bad. Gig, like, what gig, is that? Gig head. You yeah. just get crazy. Like, even if you're not drinking, like right. all the adrenaline and yeah. all of that shit, I would just be oh. cuckoo after I got done. I could barely focus to like right. pack my shit up. Okay. You know? Wow. I, I like that phrase. I've never heard that. I think, I mean, I definitely get some version of it. I don't know. It, it kind of goes inward though. I don't think anyone else is really aware of it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But, are you more of like a cat power type person on stage like you would almost rather yeah. not be on stage yeah kind of <laughs> uh, yeah if i have to speak at all and it's like but i say a bunch of words as fast as i can and then look down and start a song pretty much so i'm trying to get over that but so, it's just tough you know it is if, it, like, it's I, everybody's struggle is to enjoy life without the ego getting in the way you know and, and we don't tend to think of ego being the thing that's the problem when you're an introvert i know you yeah know, you generally think of it as being the problem when you're arrogant or you're right. full of yourself or you're a narcissist but yeah like, the flip side is like being really afraid of not coming across the way you want to come across so you don't even want to Exactly. Put it out there. You're afraid to fail or afraid to suck. Or- and it, but it's all like subconscious too, though, because I can tell myself all the things that I know about. Hey, this really does not matter, and I know that intellectually, mm-hmm. like all day, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. You know. So let's say I have a show tomorrow night, and I feel fine about it, no problem. A couple of hours before the show, it's like something kicks in my body, mm-hmm. you know, and I get just terror, adrenaline. Shit, yeah, man, it is. Right? It is that, you know. And it's Fear. hard to turn off, like even because the is. intellectual part is is uh is there, but it is real hard to turn off. And sometimes, I, I mean, I think they're I don't know what part of the brain it is, hippocampus, hypothalamus, mm. or some shit. You know, that in some people it's not, you know, um, it's got issues, and so there's not the ability as much to say, you know, we're okay. Yeah. And I I know when adrenaline decides to start flowing in me, like it's. That's that is. I mean, I I get pretty crazy, mm-hmm. you know. Like, and adrenaline kicks in when you're scared or you're stressed yeah, out or exactly. whatever. Now, and I, it's it. Here's an interesting thing though. It's less for me when someone else around me is also scared. It's like, oh no, I'll take care of you now. Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? I just noticed no, that recently. I don't think that's I mean, weird. it's not weird. I don't know. That's the perfect distraction from your own shit. Yeah, exactly. Else's someone shit. else's shit. Here, <laughs> let me take care of that instead. No, yeah. Weird. I mean, that's actually one of the best solutions is it's it's really the isolation mm-hmm. uh, in your own head and your own yeah. beliefs and everything that makes things makes it so terrifying. And so, right. And when you get around people and you realize this is normal, you give it a lot less of your undivided attention. That's true. You know? Yeah. Like our, our on a lot of ways, we're like we've far exceeded our programming, like intellectually yeah. as animals, but <laughs> we, we still we are animals. I know. You know? Oh, yeah. We still have like the same hormones and. 
and all of that stuff and it it was designed to kick in under this on life or death circumstances mm-hmm. and it kicks in on situations your ego decides exactly oh life. this is life and death now right. no actually you're gonna be fine yeah you're just playing a show it's strange matter show. on a tuesday <laughs> right, like, right. like <laughs> big <12. fucking> deal. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I mean, the meditation, uh, you know, of, and, and just the act, like you were saying, I think before we turn on the mics, just mm-hmm. deciding to do something mm-hmm. that you are a little apprehensive about or nervous about, that's I have the to. thing that makes it better too. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's that's been the way I've tried to deal with being shy, is because I just, what's worse than coming off like an asshole or like stupid or how, whatever you're scared of, worse than that is regretting, you know, mm-hmm. that is like number one, so i that supersedes any other fear that I would have. So most of the time. What is your biggest fear? Um, not accomplishing what I want to accomplish. I think. So right now I feel very like pointed towards painting and like getting back into the studio and just, I feel like unstoppable and it's so scary to think that, I mean, I also accept it to a degree, but I don't know. I don't want to, try you know to put everything into this and then not get at least where i want to get with it i don't care if i'm mm-hmm. a success like that's not what i'm talking about but if i just don't make the kind of paintings i want to make you know if they're not so i feel like the work is growing right now mm-hmm. and i'm enjoying that and i want to keep keep it moving and i think my biggest fear would be to see it like a you know like a stalemate with the painting mm-hmm. basically some, something so, takes maybe even takes you out of it altogether. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, yeah that would be, that would be the worst. Yeah, absolutely. I mm. like my biggest fear is not the situations around me not being what I think they are. Mm, okay. Like um, that, I think I, I've sort of taken things for granted, and I've just gotten situated and oriented. You have an idea of what. Like yeah, like just, social you know, situations or just any reality okay like i think it's actually yeah. maybe a fear of cracking up or or going crazy that like i think i know where i stand and what's going on and that i'm safe and everything's cool and that i'm you know yeah. i don't know at least tolerated by my peers and the people i work with and all of that kind of stuff and and this is nowhere near as acute as it used to be but i would get these uh, sort of panic attacks of saying mm-hmm. you, you're totally delusional Oh God, like, I do that all the time. Or you can that's I feel like that's depression, isn't it? I mean oh, I, is it? I, I I don't know. Like paranoia <laughs> somewhere in there. Like I, I go through that, you know, and and it's 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 the shifting of your perception. So, like one day you're fine, you're going along and you have mm-hmm. you feel like you have everything kind of in control. You know your weaknesses, but you're okay mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. And then the next day you look at those same things and it's like, Oh God. Mm-hmm. There are huge deficits now, and I can't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's. Well, why was I even calm about this? Yeah. Yesterday? Exactly. Yeah. This so is a, it's a huge out. deal, right? Yeah. But then the next day it's not. So I don't know. A lot of it. I mean, I have to. When I go through things like that, I have to remind myself a lot of it's hormones. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's real chemical shit that's happening right. in your brain. Right. So just write it out. Right. You know, um, be calm and. Yeah, that's a I really good that's a really good thing to be able to tell yourself it, that you know somebody said the mind makes a terrible master but a wonderful servant yeah you know and if you just go with everything that fucking happens in your head and call it reality and like pump it full of even more hormones no and, yeah just give it more yeah, yeah no no it, no just right. shut at some point like there's a fail safe like just shut it down <laughs> yeah, let, let's go just to bed not look through this window any longer let's yeah just look over here <laughs> stop paying attention to that and that, that I saw that movie a long time ago, A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe, and like oh, yeah. he's he's some kind of a physicist or something, mm-hmm. brilliant guy, and he's actually hallucinating people around him that are talking to him. He's having like auditory, it's and mania, he never right? stops. He just stops paying attention to them. Yeah, they just sort of fade yeah, yeah. into that. That's what he says at the end of the movie. He just he's like <laughs> they're I there. Just, yeah, yeah. I still see him that I just don't pay attention to. Him. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and it seems to me, I mean, that that's not that big a difference between the kind of. Th- thoughts you come up with they're also hallucinations mm-hmm. of a sort you know oh, that's true yeah you know yeah. And you just gotta go hey i'm not that just put that on the yeah. it's not like deny it but like say hey there's this is just it just belongs over here mm-hmm. yeah exactly like where to place it i mean i'm familiar with that a little bit like in the studio if i really get going there's a certain kind of mania that happens mm-hmm. or maybe the the good studio time happens because i'm already in a manic state mm-hmm. kind of um 
perhaps. Are you manic depressive? I don't. Th- I don't. I don't think so. I don't no. think I'm. I don't think my highs and lows are low or high enough to right. qualify me. I mean, I. I think I go through those right. things, More, but I don't think that they're. Of, oh, I don't know if yeah. they're normal or not, right, but right. I. Do, I, do, I also normal parameters. Yeah, exactly. I'm right. able to, not, to cope, just, right. so I don't feel like I need like either medication or a psych or anything like that. Maybe I do. It would be fun. In my humble opinion, the healthiest attitude is kind of, is the one that you're espousing. And probably that's because that's my attitude. (laughs) Exactly. You know, that it really, I'm not a victim. I don't believe of any actual illnesses in my mind, but like if I let, if I don't take care of some shit, it can grow oh, out yeah. of control. Like it can, like a, a yard, you know, that right. you don't mow. That's and a good, like, <laughs> very good analogy. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I tried some shit like Effexor at one point because I was so, um, at my wits end. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm obsessing about this thing that mm-hmm. is breakup. I think it was. Oh, okay, it was. Yeah. I shouldn't say, I think I know it was. Right. And I just went to my doctor and I was like, I've always had a tendency to get obsessive about relationships like this. You know, maybe I, actually shouldn't be going around like this like, <laughs> right yeah I, yeah yeah you know i've never even contemplated the idea that i might be in need of some medication right so, he said no problem and he just writes <gasps> me a fucking You're kidding prescription oh for, my uh, god Effexor, i think wow and he was like break them in half you know take yeah them do whatever snort them you know right. <laughs> yeah totally i mean it was <laughs> this most care. nonchalant thing and i took it I took it for two days and it felt so immediately wrong oh, and i'm like weird that's what I always expect to happen. I mean, I've never tried, so I can't say. But it, it it was like I could feel what it was trying to do, and it didn't. And then I've got a lot of experience with actual, you know, street drugs. Right. So I was like, <laughs> this is hey yeah, man, this is not good. <laughs> and and it also gave me a real appreciation for my baseline. That I'm like, I'm sad. I got the blues. <laughs> And but, yeah, I'm having a hard time getting over this situation and accepting right, it and all that. Right. But I'm fine. I yeah. Don't need this but shit. I'm a human, and that's it's that's what we not what we're expected to feel. Well, it kind of is. Like we, bad things happen. We feel sad. Like mm-hmm. that's we yeah. Have you're to get supposed. It. Right, yeah. That's, right. It's okay. We have yeah. both. You know, in general, in our society, we folks don't feel that way. We're really trying to the brave new world thing. We want to be perfect. Little, Soma, here, take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, everyone's gonna feel great. Yeah. That's really true. Being great's overrated. But good thing is I got to sell those pills to somebody who needed Perfect. them, who had a heart. They cost a lot more for them when they were buying them. Exactly so. on the street, man. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> make that dollar dealer. back. No <laughs> point. But this, this all kind of goes together. It's like what we're talking about here. This, um, you know, getting art for me has always been that thing that makes me realize what you realize when somebody else is freaking out mm. that. You can get out of your own freaking out because you're like this oh, other person is expressing it. their freak yeah out, yeah exactly you know? and like wh- I, whether it's a movie or a book or a painting or a sculpture or a song could or be whatever, anything yeah you relate to that thing and you go I'm not oh I'm not alone I'm not alone yeah exactly this is it's a shared experience yeah and it's not a neat one mm-hmm. you know yeah it's not, it's not right, tidy right. right. Yeah. So that makes sense that abstract expressionism comes into it. And it's like, look, we can't because you were saying this early on, like, you know, the idea of trying to relate a concept. And do I actually need to make it into some digestible concept? Do I need to make it into something that is, that is articulated in English? Right. You know, right. Or do I just try to get into it, lose myself in it as it is? Mm-hmm. And I think art does that for us a lot because we are always trying to name and catalog the shit that's, that's what I mean, and that's us, really right? what I think art is all about for me. Like when I experience art that I like, that's what it's doing for me. I mean, that's it right on the mm-hmm. head, you know, it's because I do have such a hard time putting words to what I feel like are the most profound things that I feel. Right. So here's this thing that does allow me to communicate. Like why is that not a language? You know what I mean? It is. It is. Right. It totally is. It was the language it's a weird before one, but... we came up with this other kind of written language. Yeah, I mean, it's, exactly. They drew pictures, pictures. of things. Yeah, right? true. That's yeah, really true. Cave painting and all, all yeah. that stuff. I mean, our, our desire to somehow take it out of the world, it means something to us. We want to explore. I mean, you got to think that those people mm. that were painting in that cave in Lasco or in yeah. that Werner Herzog movie... They were in there doing that because if they needed to get something, something they out, yeah, put their fingers on those motherfuckers mm-hmm. probably couldn't even talk to. Oh each yeah, other. probably just grunting and right. pointing at yeah stick figures like no this yeah. I mean they had the brains for it, which oh, is yeah. crazy. Is like they had the same brains that we had, I know. and that shit was like 
20,000 years ago or 30,000 years the, ago? The, the span of that time blows my mind. Like, like It's hard to get your We've head been head. around for quite a while. but In this version, like in the, yeah, 150,000 exactly. years or something. Or more, two hundred fifty, two hundred fifty thousand. Is it same so? brain? Like, Jesus. You know, all the same parts, same size, mm-hmm. all that stuff, same capabilities, tool making, art, all of this stuff. We've been able to do all of these same yeah. things, and and that's where we have left off, like actually fundamentally changing, like physically about that time. Mm-hmm. But with that same brain, we could either be painting on a on a cave. Yeah, with like some ochre we landing, found in the ground. Yeah, exactly. Landing a thing on a piece of rock that's hurling yeah, through space exactly <laughs> the same fucking brain no it's bizarre that's so bizarre but at the same time like and then also to think about oh it's so much time but also then you back up and it's also so tiny it's for such a planet, tiny it fraction shit, right? it's not shit and then for oh that's for the planet okay and then what about our solar system and then the galaxy and mm-hmm. then we're okay this galaxy is just a like offshoot among a cluster of galaxies right. and then that like i mean it's just the, the scale of things yeah it is but you know every kind so of. more and more like you know the, the the traditional statement about all that stuff is like doesn't it make you feel smaller and significant and like nope I, it doesn't no, not me at all <laughs> i love it actually yeah. it's i think it's um comforting in a way mm-hmm. it's actually a way that i usually deal with what we were talking about any kind of negative or like obsessive or depressive thoughts it's like it's okay. This is all a small thing, and mm-hmm. it's and it's like about finding the dignity in that, you know, yeah. like like we're small, but you know, and that, that might not matter, but I'm gonna make it matter, you know. That that decision twists it around and makes mm-hmm. it, you know, kind of beautiful, you know. That's I mean, really yeah. I, yeah. I just got hung up on you saying make it matter, um, <laughs> like. <laughs> You know, theory, like metaphorically and literally, you know, that it, we have the ability to conjure reality, mm-hmm. you know, and we can and we draw things into being that mm-hmm. didn't exist before. Yeah. Sometimes they are just fucking hallucinations mm-hmm. and sometimes they are technology, they're actual useful tools or things, whatever. But there's this constant ability on our part to pass things through us, mm-hmm. you know. Whether it's actual material, like taking silicon out of the ground and making this thing, right? you know, or whatever, like all of these different tools, all this technology. Mm-hmm. But it's also, we're capable of creating this entire worldview, you know, everything that we're looking at, everything that's like in your head is a construct mm-hmm. of your mind. Yeah. Like, you know, with visible light, it's ordering it this way and yeah exactly telling a story out of it and it's how our brain has been has evolved to decipher what's happening mm-hmm. you know exactly and so it's comforting to me i think like you just said to say you know a- naming an atom an atom is not really what that thing is yeah it's you our know? way of understanding it within right. this structure that, that like how we can see it how we arbitrary yeah, latin word yeah right know? yeah exactly <laughs> Who are they? You know, <laughs> so what? A T O M, big deal. Like mm-hmm. what the those guttural sounds, like that. Mm-hmm. These things that we've agreed on. Let's every now and then say, wait a minute, fuck all that. Like fuck these names and fuck these like concepts and these maps and all of this and mm-hmm. just be like, wow. Yeah, like, just hold- have some appreciation of <laughs> like the shit. big picture. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's 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 a pretty big thing for me right now is is trying to just be happy in, in mm-hmm. that small thing. I mean, and it could, you're, you're using like computers as an example, like building computers. I'm saying like on a, just having the small dignified life is mm-hmm. beautiful. You know, it really is. just a guy who's got his garden down, you know, the street, like that's beautiful. That's wonderful. What you know? mean. Like that kind of, like it's, it's okay. We're all small. So he's really no smaller than, you know, well, you think just someone you famous. You a bunch of fucking money and you're on yeah, a magazine. That doesn't mean sh- right now. Yeah. It's just, I mean, Good for you. You're having a great time right now. That's awesome. But yeah, it's not really that much bigger. Like with the scale, you know. I mean, we're still down here in this tiny little scale, you know, within the same arena. Spec. The spec. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. That kind of thing happened to me when I was living in Minnesota, and I really had just completely surrendered to the fact that I was punching a clock and driving a forklift and doing that stuff and when I did, I went, my life opened up completely. 
I was like, I had been torturing myself mm-hmm. of trying to be cool mm-hmm. or trying to be somebody or be a player or matter. Or Some whatever. idea of who you should be kind yeah. of thing, yeah. And when I just went, hey, I'm just a fucking dude. Yeah. Who is now free to pursue whatever I want to pursue. Mm-hmm. And if I have to live with two other guys in a house in order to afford a place to live, that's no, there's no shame in that. Yeah, who cares? You know? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not making much money. I won't spend much money. Right. You know? Like... <laughs> And, then, and I want to do something cool for a vacation. Well, I'll go out in the woods with a tent. You yeah. Know? Oh. I don't have to have any of these. Eureka, things. right? right. <laughs> oh my gosh. And yeah. Man, I, I mean, I swear. I mean, I loved it. Like, and it took me like f- years of to sort of shake that off. Mm-hmm. And, but I had it as an instinct that I wanted to. I was always sitting there watching uh, Deadliest Catch and go, you know, that's the kind of thing I need to be doing. You know, <laughs> pulling some something crazy. Fish yeah. Out of, <laughs> Making the real money. (laughs) I I mean, I was doing a number on myself Mm -hmm. in the way that I thought about. I mean, you work at the museum now. I think I was working at the museum at that point. (sighs) I was thinking like that. Oh, God. (laughs) And I was going, I mean, I was doing the food service thing there. And then I was going out and getting really fucked up and then going in and doing that and barely keeping up with my bills and just being really lost. And I was like, it would be so simple if I was just on a boat (laughs) catching fish, you know? Right. And, uh, but you can't just go from that to that. No. Simple is not geographical. No, right. <laughs> like, I mean, you yeah. could have physically done that, but yeah, it's not the most organic way to Those approach guys your don't life. Consider what they're doing to be simple. Yeah. You well, know? there you go. Yeah, exactly. It's not. It's really dangerous. But and they're uh, stressed the fuck out about yeah, it all the time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot more than the museum stuff is or right, was. Right. It's not like you have to actually catch crab. You just have to fucking serve these people that came to this party. Right. Yeah. You know? Here's crab on a plate. There you go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing this ridiculous butler outfit that you put me in. Thanks. Here's the yeah. crab dip. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to dip myself to get the crab. Yeah. I really oh. liked. I mean, I have a lot of nostalgia for doing that job though, because there you are. You're there standing. are good moments for yeah. sure. I mean, there's some really sweet people, and I don't know. There's kind of a humility in it for sure. I mean, there are also some bad moments, but I mean, the kind of like crazy environment, like when we have busy events and every, it kind of brings people together. It's like we're all in this crazy boat together. We're trying to, we must get the crab dip out. You know, it's like so, right. such a dumb. You know, thing to be goal. About. Yeah, exactly. Right. Dumb thing to be intense about. But we've all decided that that's what we're doing. Yeah. And that, I mean, it kind this of. This is our mission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, we'll come up with you know, like really, we'll come up with strategies on doing this stuff. And it's like, we know it's not important, but it's still fun in it a way. It is fun you to know? exercise those that planning and all of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Every time you're draping tables and like reading yeah. them, where do they go? What are we gonna put here? And like. Like strategy risers here, mm-hmm. crab dip here, fruit here. Yeah, just like it's. It's totally silly, but I mean, it passes. The I, time I enjoy that part of food service a lot, actually. Like when I like setting up an event, and and I learned so much at the museum that I went in, I left there and went in was a GM at, at, at another restaurant, and mm. I took all the stuff I learned from there and was like putting together weddings and yeah, and you could dinners and and I hired people from the museum to come. Perfect. Work yeah, and, good. Yeah. Give them some support for sure. I don't know. I it, like kind of it can be a pretty sweet gig because you go in and you do that kind of thing and. and doesn't really use too much of your brain, you know. You can right, autopilot you know, you, some of it, and many then many times I was bartending, and I'm standing, oh. and there's nobody there, mm-hmm. and I go, man, there's some art right there. Oh and my I gosh! Start looking at a painting. I'm oh, like, like whenever there's a, a down moment, you know, like a lot of times they'll have us in it for a call time, two and a half hours before the event starts. So but there'll be like an, a full hour we're not doing anything. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say anything. I hope no one's listening to this, but I'll just wander away. <laughs> I've you done know? I was just thinking oh, the same God. thing. There used to How be a silver times? exhibit that I would wander yeah. into and look at over. It's know. near the Marble Hall, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It used to be Cochrane Court. I don't know if that's still there. Yeah, it's they, still there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's changed a lot, but there's still some of the you same. You mentioned that humility picture of it, too, that we're all like the butlers and the, we're like the downstairs people mm-hmm. like down the Abbey and then all of the exactly matter come in there and they're... They you know, don't the even really see you, you yeah. know, but at the same time, you're completely necessary for the thing happening, you know, for them being happy with their time. So did you ever work one where they actually put you in the jacket? Because we just had one of those. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. Those are awful. Oh. <laughs> white dinner 
that jacket or was it a um i wore the vests i wore the jackets so oh like, did you have the whole okay we this was like a um a board of directors dinner i won't mm-hmm. say for what company but was it the, at the oaks or something no 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 they actually don't have that anymore oh, they really? sold it yeah really? so huh. don't have to go over there anymore um that's kind of cool that was sort of a ridiculous expense probably to yeah to i think that was the that. big the big deal so they dropped that no it was just in the atrium but yeah they put us in these oversight like we look like all the women look like children because they the, white coats no they're black coats huh. yeah they're just ridiculous though we had to do this one thing where this was during tim kane's administration mm-hmm. that robert and me and sarah holloway and all still there people uh we we went and served a dinner at the governor's mansion oh wow we were already state employees who passed background checks mm-hmm. so we we did that, and they bought us. They got us white coats Ooh, for that gig. Fancy, yes, yeah, so extra butlery. And they have a real. Did butler. they fit at least? Because that's the thing that kills me. It's like, man. Pretty well. Okay, well that's better. That's just better. Not to be rocking a tuck shirt. No, yeah. Because I look, especially then, I look like hell in that thing. Oh like, god. Really uncomfortable. When we had to wear the ties, we've now, you know, we've switched to like the full black ninja outfit, which mm. is much preferred oh, for yeah. the ladies. I love that so much more. But yeah, when we had the white on yourself too, it's all like, day, no problem. Right, no problem. Yeah, it's fine. No more Tide stick carrying that around. But yeah, we used to have to wear ties, you know, and I, oh, that was. Do you wear worst. like the long kind of ties now, or do you still wear the clip-on uh, black bow tie? Well, we don't wear any ties now. It's just oh, black. Don't? Yeah, oh, so just nice black button. I know it's a whole new I used world. To wear wool tuxedo pants with a tuxedo oh. shirt, and like all I had was like a real stuff. So I had to put studs in. Like wow. I had a, oh my god. Know, a clip-on bow tie, and I don't know how many of those events I came in there, fucked up like hung over <laughs> like no business being anywhere and then have to dress up in that monkey suit oh yeah in marble hall for four hours like so. and marble hall is spinning <laughs> what's happening i didn't know you guys put this thing on a lazy susan <laughs> <laughs> i did so many things like that like oh. uh eat there was this huge exhibit uh of egyptian stuff that came through mm-hmm. in like 2000 Maybe oh, wow. we were 99, 2000, and we had event after event after event. Oh, yeah, because we people love mummies. Place and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, that's just a blur of, like, <laughs> some leaving Las Vegas type shit. Right. <laughs> oh, man. But it's, it's a cool place to, I mean, I don't get up there enough. It's a great Thing. It's a good resource, yeah. and and honestly, it allows working there, having two part-time jobs, allows me to have time to paint and mm-hmm. be in a band and do a bunch of other silly stuff. So Speaking I don't know, I can't band, complain. I should we were, we should play a little? Music oh yeah. Right at the perfect. Cool. Spot, I think to do that. Let's see if I'm still. Make sure it's actually happening. I'm gonna bring down the. Uh, All right, I'm gonna go ahead and hit press play. play. So the, yeah, this is the old version. Is it, nice? it is. I'm gonna turn this off. prematurely ended that was not done very artfully but i think that was cool anyway and yeah that was can't believe a old version of that that's on Bandcamp. um we have we've been recording for about three years 
and yeah. still can't seem to get it done. <laughs> so that that version that you heard is uh, previous to that. It was just like a quick demo we did like 2008, nine, like that far ago. So it sounds good. Like, like I mean, it it's, is. it's not bad. Yeah, I think the, the difference when the newer version is just got um, all the current people on it, a little more instrumentation, but. I think the vocals are a little better on the new version, but, but you, can, you, you know, whatever. Are you singing in that? Yes. And what's yeah, the uh, what's the influence going into that that immediately made me think of things like Blake Babies, Juliana Hatfield, and like the bre- old breeders, and what else? Like I'm mm. so bad at, at naming uh, people you know I sound bl- like, but go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. You, best Best Coast? Uh, I have heard it, yeah. I'm not, I'm not yeah. actually not that into them, but... And it's weird. I mean, the, I I don't feel like I like my I'm band good at sounds. The people I sound like you shouldn't have to be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's, I get asked that a lot. Like, who are your influences? So that needs to be. T- yeah. Well, what are they? Who are your? Uh, see, this is what I was trying to say though. Is like, I feel like the people that I listen to, I, we don't sound like that mm-hmm. at all. You know, growing up, I listened to a lot of like '60s music, a lot of the Birds, that kind of thing. And then um, we can hear some of that in there. Oh yeah, there's there's a little bit for sure, but um, and a lot of Britpop also. Mm-hmm. That's I mean those are like the two things I grew up listening to. Britpop from what like era? The nineties, uh-huh. like mid nineties. You know all that crazy like Blur how... and all, oh yeah, that oh stuff. yeah, that okay. stuff. Yeah. And but Oasis. also like Ride and mm-hmm. you know like, that's probably a little more like a little closer to what we do now maybe, but. Um, did you find another song that you want to play? No. We'll, well just have that be it. I think, unfortunately. That was a good little sample, mm-hmm. and if it sort of faded out on its Wait a second. own. Oh, you found something? No. Sorry. False, False alarm. alarm. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> this is a very, uh, well, that's cool. I look forward to, I'd like to hear more of it. And when are you playing next? you got any plans? We probably won't be playing until the new year, sometime in January. I think the 29th, there's a tentative show. You know, well, depending on when I post that, that could be... Oh, various. yeah, that's true. Yeah, it could be like right <laughs> next... It could be tomorrow. Do Who you knows? have a date set up? I I think the 29th is okay. the last one, so... 29th of January? January. Or, okay. Yeah. Where's that? I don't know yet. Oh, oh. <laughs> and what's one of those? Shooting for something. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. There's a tentative show, but I don't want to spread anything until I know for sure, get everybody on board. But, um, yeah, we, we play about once a month, pretty much. It's that kind of thing, you know? It's a great name. Oh, Peace Beast? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. I like it a lot. Thanks. Nice. We, uh, you know, I had written it down on the studio random piece of paper before we were thinking about band names. It's like, haha, that's stupid. But I put a little TM next to it, shoved it in the corner. And then we spent like... <laughs> TM like trademark. Yeah, exactly. Right <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, forgot about it for about six months. And then we're like tearing our hair out, trying to think of something. And I was like... Well, what's wrong with Peace Beast, really? So that's great. Stuck, you know, that's good. And it has a, it has this dichotomy. That's right. It, yeah, little, no. When, whenever I'm in a loud bar trying to explain the name of the band, I always make a peace sign and then like raw, like fangs, yeah, you know, like, yeah, Peace yeah. Beast. Arr. Yeah, I think you did that when I'm out. Probably <laughs> did. Like that's my way of, because no one like Pete's Beast. Like, it is an easy hear. way to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> peace sign, right? That's good. That's that's what we are, dude. Exactly. We, we are the peace beast. Mm-hmm. Trying to get to peace most of the time. But we're, we're animals. Beast. Yeah, we exactly. Can't can't fight it. <laughs> can't fight it. All you can do is try to channel it mm-hmm. better. Right, in the right directions at the right time, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the whole art mm-hmm. of living. <laughs> it was great talking to you. Thanks for yeah, coming over. No problem. Enjoyed it. I think I, pr- I was late on the pause button that time. We mixed that first little bass line. Who cares? You know, one of the things that sets one apart from others is the mistakes you make. That's my belief because not everybody's going to make the same mistakes. So it's unique how I fuck up compared to you or others who do podcasts and uh I always like I was just listening to this one in the beginning and and thinking oh well, I could take this out and I could do this and then you know I just like all of that stuff I like all that crap in there and I like the you know you're hearing it get dialed in and you're hearing it you know go somewhere you know because that just that whole arc to me 
of like, ooh, it's awkward, what's happening, it's, eh, and then all of a sudden it starts hitting, you know, something starts happening, that contrast between it being fucked up and then starting to flow is just great, you know, that's like that arc of like every, you know, sports, music, whatever kind of movie, you know, the guy sucks and then he gets good, you know, so you get to have that in every one of my podcasts, that arc, sometimes it doesn't arc, sometimes it just stays awkward. I haven't had too many of those lately. Been some great conversations. And uh, oh yeah, I got mentioned one more. I got uh, Christy Griffith. Is that right? Yeah, tomorrow from Lady God and and that Talking Heads cover band, which is called Fear of Music. I got it. I pulled it out of my brains. Not stop making sense, which is what I keep wanting to call it. She is kind of a kind of a badass on the bass. I have to say. Um, that was probably my favorite thing about seeing Fear of Music was her bass playing. So, um, yeah, we're talking about some other shit, too. So, hey, 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 check it out. Um, Tantric Conversation is on iTunes. It's You can go there and subscribe to it, and it'll just come to your phone whenever I get around to doing them. You don't have to go to the website. If you do go to the website, hey, donate a little money. I have a donate thing. You can go and there's a little PayPal button. You can hook me up. Ten, twenty dollars, fifty dollars, a hundred dollars, whatever you want to put in there is great. You know, um, yeah. But I'm just glad you're listening. If you are, I'm sorry, a little bit of a cold. Hachoo.